What's up, pals? Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 32 of Super Nerd Pals. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Stan, and joining me this week, Andy Harris Willow. Oh, what's up? <laughs> Chris Samson. Heyo! And every week we discuss our top picks in nerdy news, comics, games, and everything else. Except that's a lie. We try. Is it? Is it Andy? Is it? Oh, uh, no, it's definitely not. But you know, had to add that. You know, have some fun. There. How was your week? My week sucked. <laughs> no, my week was alright. I got to read a comic book. A uh, comic book. A comic book and play <laughs> Metal Gear. I was too busy playing Metal Gear to, to read any more comics. That's a valid Chris. excuse, I think. Oh, my week. Uh, it was really good. Tuesday was an insane release. We got both Mad Max and Metal Gear. So I haven't played Metal Gear yet. I play, I've been playing Mad Max. Uh, I will get the Met- Metal Gear eventually. And I had an awesome time on Wednesday because I saw this amazing movie co- called Turbo Kid. It's this post-apocalyptic movie. It's basically Mad Max meets The Goonies meets Kung Fury. It is amazing. And I encourage you all to see it as soon as possible. All, all in all, things are good. Pretty sweet. You, That's Sam? great. Oh me? You wanna know how my week was? No. Yeah. The oh, other stand. Uh, <laughs> we don't care about you, Stan. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid came out on Tuesday. That's all you need to know. That is life right now. That is the best game. We'll get into it. Hell yeah. But shit. Oof. That's, that's all you had to say about <laughs> your week. Yes. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> Best review that, ever. That's my review. <laughs> Just go home, guys. We're done. Just Wipe the sweat off your forehead. <laughs> and there's your Metal Gear Solid review. <laughs> Chris, you got some news for this week? Yeah. So, first piece of news. Force Friday happened. Uh, and that's when the marketing, merchandising arm and power that is Disney and Lucasfilms and you know they just unfailed every piece of memorabilia a new action figure a new toy a new piece of merchandising for Star Wars that you could possibly think of came out on Friday for various retailers such as like Toys R Us or Target there's been some horror stories I heard in more than one store or like actually more than a few across the country there were a lot of problems with the the drop date of all this new memorabilia like there was a lot of massive shortages or that there's just not enough like cert of a particular action figure that was in stock uh it seems like a pseudo amiibo crisis or like you know like a black friday crisis to me what can you do yeah. in star wars uh people are and at my job they were at my job, they were hyping up, like, the Star Wars, and they were like, do not sell before release date. And then, like, the day before the release date, we got, like, six pieces of Star Wars things, and I was like, really? It made a big deal for this? What'd you get? It was, like, the pop figures. Oh, you um, had, do you still have the pop figures? We have some of them. Which ones? Uh, like, Finn, some Stormtroopers, a Flamethrower Trooper, some other ones. Phasma. Uh, R2. The Phasma pop figure uh, looks really sweet. C-3PO with the red arm. Punished C-3PO? Yeah. Venom C-3PO? But, um, yeah, we got that, um, some, like, portable charger. Wow! It was, it was, like, so random. Okay. And I was like, yeah, this wasn't even a big deal, but okay. I saw a bunch of, um, I went to Barnes & Noble, 
this like Friday, and they had all the pot figures. Didn't buy any. I don't know why. I was like too busy. Too too, too busy, busy with thinking metal about metal gear. gear. Is it, you know, yeah. you know, he wanted to buy a best cube, but Metal Gear. I had it in my hand. I had Captain Phasma, and then I had um, a Stormtrooper. And I was like, should I? And I was like, you know what? No. Too expensive right now. Put it back. I also saw C-3PO. They have this cool exclusive C-3PO at Barnes & Noble where he's, like, shiny and gold. That's pretty cool. And they had the Lego Millennium Falcon, which is the one that I want. I want that shit so bad. What the... They said that, like, um... There's like this hovercraft that looks like the. Uh, it's a drone. Yeah, a but drone. It's Millennium Falcon. Yeah, it's an RC. But they said they said that that's like already been the top selling toy. I would figure BB-8 would be. I figure because BB-8's price tag is so high, it's like hundred. Yeah, it's like one fifty, right? It's one fifty yeah, for the for the iPhone, uh, the smartphone version. But the yeah, the, and the thing is, I think it's freaking tiny. Like it's. I don't know. It's like the size. Of, it's like it's the size it, of like, an orange. It, I think it's less than that. Look, it, to me, it looks like the size. You're of, less oh, than that. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like if to j- justify the 150 dollars price tag, it should be a little bit bigger than like a small orange or like a golf ball. It should be like I don't know the size of a grapefruit. Or I, 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 I just expected a bigger version. Uh, they have the bigger version for like 60 bucks, but you can't use it with your iPhone. Oh really? Oh, that's yeah. Nice. It just it's, it takes batteries and it's got like this stupid uh, little plastic remote, like it's an RC thing. Oh, but fuck that! I would spend 150 bucks for a little BB-8. Fuck out of here. Kirsty said she wanted it. Kirsty doesn't even like Star Wars. She's like, I want that little robot. That gives you justification to buy it. We need a BB-8 in our she's home. She's gonna she's gonna be like, Stan, why did you spend 150 dollars on this? Well, you said you wanted it too. That's it. She was like, 150 bucks? That's nothing. Tiny robot? Come on. It's worth it. So, the Millennium Falcon Lego set's 150 bucks, and I want that. It comes with old man Han Solo. But yeah, that's a Lego set. Fucking Lego sets are awesome. But BB-8, it's like a living thing. It's not living. (laughs) No, (laughs) shit. It's real to me, damn it. Okay. Not gonna win there. So, uh, I made a short list of um, some... Some of the best toys and some of the worst toys that just Captain Falcon my brain melt. Captain Millennium Falcon, the best one. Um, so we mentioned uh, we mentioned some of them already. There's like the RC version or like the quadcopter versions of the Millennium Falcon. They also made one for the X-wing, which is I thought was pretty cool. Um, if you have an extra four thousand dollars on hand, you can get the Millennium Falcon bed. I forget who was selling it, but it's like one of the side pods of the Millennium Falcon, but it's hollowed out, and you can sleep in it. So That's fucking yeah, awesome. Hell yeah! Fuck, let's get $4,000 together. We'll, just, yeah. we'll sleep together in the same bed. It's fine. It'll be awesome. Just... Head, head to feet. Let's go <laughs> Let's go to the bank right now. Head to feet. We're good. We gonna, I'm going to go into the bank and be like, yeah, I would like a loan for uh, the Millennium Falcon bed. And they're going to look at me approved <laughs> on the spot. Not even check my credit, none of that shit. Just approved. Listen, I'm, I'm sure Han and Chewie sleep together all the time. Probably. Yeah. For like BFFs too. He, Chewbacca probably sleeps at the foot of the bed, you know? Like Han, Han and Leia are in the bed and like Chewie's at the foot. Was he like the dog? That's yes. fucked up. <laughs> That's so fucked up. Like a six foot. They got a wide bed. Chewie is. It's He's really like... wide. They got a custom for Chewie. <laughs> He's just gonna sleep at the foot of the. The thing is, is that Leia's not gonna let Chewie sleep between them like a baby. 
Well, maybe he spoons. Maybe he spoons hot. The thing is, like, listen, it's gonna, it's like, it's probably be fucking hot in Coruscant in the summer. Can't fucking Chewie sleeping in the middle. He's like a fucking oven. This guy, He's covered in fur. Can't fucking spoon a fucking creature covered in fur. Do you think Chewbacca sheds a lot? I mean, he was just getting. Like all all his fur all over the bed. Oh, forget it in the hot. spring. What what do you think Chewbacca would look like shaved? <laughs> fucking Han Solo with a fucking comb all month of fucking May, just combing Chewie, <laughs> so he doesn't shed all over the house and fucking Leia flips out. So do they also have like a wee wee pad for him? <laughs> I'm sure he could use a toilet. <laughs> He's housebroken. <laughs> He's well, fine. He's housebroken. He's toilet trained. Maybe they have a treehouse for him in the back. Why? A treehouse? Because he's fucking from Kashyyyk. They live in the trees. (laughs) It's like home away from home for him. So you think Chewie doesn't know how to live in a regular house? I'm sure he does, but it's like, oh, fucking from my childhood. Kashyyyk. Little house in the tree. Are there even trees on Coruscant? I don't even know. Nope. It's all metal and glass and steel. He's got like a metal tree. It's fine. (laughs) Chewie's metal tree. Got the sign on it. Is that a new toy we have to we have to make in time for Christmas? Chewy, like your own Chewy's metal, metal Chewbacca tree. Put and then it could be like, like one a, of those. It could be one of those Mighty Max sets. You're see like, the way the that you said it, Chris, just now, just made me think as if this was a tree that grew Chewbacca's. Whoa! Let's do it. That'd be awesome. I think I'm gonna decorate my Christmas tree with like Chewbacca's, Chewbacca's, Chewbacca's and then uh, instead of the popcorn. Decorations. You just have Chewie's bandoliers. And you just you just wrap it around the tree. Paint I the think tree that's brown. a good idea, regardless. All right, speaking of Chewbacca, Nerf, it, they're releasing new lines of of uh, Star Wars themed blasters. So they have Chewbacca's bowcaster. They got the new stormtroopers' assault rifles or, or blaster rifles, whatever they're called. And to top it off with the Lego sets. Stan, you mentioned the Millennium Falcon set, and there's a there's another one that costs I think 125, but it's the special edition Tie Fighter for the for the First Order. It's like this really slick black and chrome colored Tie Fighter set. Looks really cool. Chris is all uh, about that chrome life. Shiny all about that chrome. chrome. I love Phasma. I love that First Order Tie Fighter. Uh, so some of the worst Star Wars toys they got the Furbaka. So it's the unholy spawn of Chewbacca and a Furby. This is what actually coming out, and it's like it costs like sixty dollars. And I don't know how to process this. It looks really creepy. There's also Chewbacca Crocs coming out. Oh God! I Chewbaccas. Just... <laughs> I kind of lost okay. it when I when I first saw that. I just just kill it with fire. They have a whole line of Crocs for Star Wars. Not not just Chewbacca theme. Like the well, Chewbaccas are just like the the fur line ones. They got other ones too. A uh, whole set of them. So what, like Yoda ones with ears? On the I side? should like patent Chewbacca. <laughs> I should like trademark that. Um, Disney will buy that from you in like point three seconds. Good. Make some more money. Make that money. Uh, let's see Off what else. Chewbaccas. Oh, um. Star Wars is also releasing a lot of Campbell soup and duct tape. The and fuck? Yeah. All right. So wait, hold on. I got I got the list of the Crocs of the Star Crocs. BB-8 Croc, kids, kids, the logo Croc, Kylo Ren Croc, Boba Croc. That's the Boba Fett version. Oh no! I clicked the link. Hold on. Those are the Chew Crocas. We all know about the Chew Crocas. 
They got the fur in them. Alright, yes. We got Yoda Crocs. We got Vader Crocs. R2-D2 Crocs. Classic Star Wars Crocs. R2-D2 and 3PO Crocs. Star Wars Jedi Crocs. Aligned Croc for Vader. And then, and then that's it. No more Crocs. No more Crocs. Which Croc, if you had to get a Crocs, which ones would you get? I think I'd get the two Crocs. you get the Crocs. <laughs> well, how about you, Chris? Uh, Chris can get the two Crocs too? No, I'll, I'll, let, I'll let Andy have those. I'll just get something like Yoda or uh, Kylo Ren or Vader. One of those. I'll probably get some Boba Fett Crocs. Or some Fett Crocs. Fett Crocs? Some Fett Crocs. Some Crocofets. Boba Crocs. <laughs> I'm sorry, what were you saying, Chris? <laughs> yeah, sucky Star Wars merchandising. Oh, there's Star Wars cereal, too, by the way. They came out with yeah, Star, Star Wars cereal. Yeah, Star Wars cereal. I didn't see that, but I, uh, what, what time I have a cereal? box of it at home. Do you really? I have a box of Star Wars cereal at home. I haven't opened it yet, and I'm afraid to. Is it like Cheerios with Star Wars-themed marshmallows? I'll tell you what it is. It's got Darth Vader on the box. I don't know if there's different versions of it. The one that I have is Vader. And it's like Lucky Charms, except all the marshmallow pieces are are Star Wars-themed. Like lightsabers and shit like that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, man. I want to buy a second box and put it in like a a plastic and keep it. Forever? And then eat the one that I got at home because it's got a little dent on the box and that's no bueno. Mint condition. You're gonna sell that. Gotta have eBay, the mint like condition cereal, man. People then, will buy that shit. Then you gotta get it autographed by someone from Star Wars, and then like years later, I don't know who it was. Mark Hamlish Mammal, get him back. David Prowse. Just gonna be years from now, David who? Oh yeah, he did that one movie that one time. That movie called Star Wars. Uh, what was it called? Wars of Star Wars or some, some shit like that. All right, next. We took 20 minutes for Star Wars news every fucking week. It's got to be a 20-minute Star Wars piece. We're just going to make a segment of the fucking show. It's fine. No, go. Next news. Two Crocas. Uh, <laughs> We're done. Um, oh, and my other piece of news, not surprising coming from me, but Mad Max Fury Road is coming back to IMAX in theaters. I'm really excited oh, it's coming back yeah. uh, this coming week. I'm not exactly sure why, but do you really need a reason? Because Mad Max Fury Road is like one of the best movies ever. Oh, Tailing on that, Mad Max Fury Road was awarded Best Picture of the Year for... It wasn't for the Academies. Or, it was some uh, international film organization that gave it the, the best film title, but it has that under its under its belt, so I'm so happy that it got that recognition, and it's coming back to theaters. IMAX, how it was meant to be seen. So I'm going to see it this coming Friday. And for it's sure. Yes, of course I am. So it's going to be the fourth time I'm going to see it. Jesus. Chris, do you have it on Blu-ray? Not yet, because I shelled out a lot of money for two games. Fucking but, uh, slacker. This fucking guy. He's like, I'm going to see it again in theaters, but I don't want it on the home video. I'll get it, man. Don't worry. Don't worry. Shit. I was going to ask you what the special features and shit were on there. Uh, well, I failed. I'm I'm Mediocre. Mediocre. <laughs> But yeah, that's it for news for me. So I got some Amiibo news. You have Amiibo news. Amiibo news is always fucking fun. Anyway, so they confirmed the release date for the Mewtwo Amiibo. Uh, It is October 23rd if you're in Europe, and November 13th if you're in America. And it's compatible with other, uh, the same games as other Pokemon Amiibos, 
as well as Super Mario Maker. Nice. Uh, there's no. Is there an image of him? Yeah. Holy shit, that's a cool guy. <laughs> Show Chris. Oh snap, that looks really cool. Oh, yeah, snap. he's not uh, exclusive for anywhere, but. But my heart. It's gonna be ridiculously hard to find. I bet. But yeah. So as I'm... hard as Ness. Probably. Shit. It's I hard. mean, as hard as Wario. No, Wario's not that hard <laughs> to find. Surprisingly, but yeah. And for my second bit of news. Mark Ruffalo confirmed that Hulk is not going to be in Civil War Mark at all. Markolo? Huh? Markolo. Yeah, Markolo. Yeah, um, I think we... I kind of already thought that Hulk wasn't... was already confirmed out of it, but I guess not. To make sure you knew. Yeah, they like... Mark Ruffalo like 100% confirmed it. So that He was already not in the lineup in, on, on either side. They said that because... Um, See, they gave a reasoning for that. The reason for him not being on either side was like, because Hulk might not be on just one side, kind of like um, Spider-Man. Because mm. Spider-Man's not in the lineup either. But yeah, Mark Ruffalo was like, no, nah, not happening. Not in my house. My headcanon, or my theory is, he took the Quinjet, he flew through space, and now he's duking out and planting Hulk. And then the Guardians of the Galaxy well, will come back, pick him up, and then fight Thanos. The shit is, the Hulk is too powerful to be on either side of the Civil War. So is Thor. Which is why Thor's not in it. Thor's over, like, fucking off, like, doing some Ragnarok He's shit. He's like, yeah, Ragnarok shit. He's probably at home drinking a beer with Loki, like, look at these fucks. You don't call that Ragnarok shit? Maybe it's Ragnarok shit. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you, you've never seen Hulk, uh, Thor and Loki party. I've never seen <laughs> Thor and Loki party. That's Ragnarok shit right there. <laughs> That's what they call their house parties, Ragnarok. You have been cordially invited to Ragnarok. <laughs> you got any news, Stan? Yeah, did you hear that they're changing the Hulk again? Really? In comics, yeah. Interesting. Uh, what's it called? Like, uh, what's the name of the title? It's like the all-new awesome Hulk? Or no, it's... it's get, the, get a load of this. The totally awesome Hulk. How am I supposed to take that serious? <laughs> exactly. How are you supposed to take that serious? Like the amazing Spider-Man? Alright, cool. The totally awesome Spider-Man? No. No. Get that shit out of my face. It's too, it's too like, you're, Childish. you're telling me, you're telling me too much. It's like saying, I'm, I'm, I'm mad cool. I'm the cool Hulk. It's like, no, you're not. The totally mad Max. Yeah. The, the totally phantom pain. It's, um, it's not Bruce Banner anymore. It's Amadeus Cho, I think his name is. What the fuck? He's a um, Korean-American. Korean yeah, he's a Korean-American. He's a super genius friend, and they're making him the Hulk instead of Bruce Banner Has... after Secret Wars. What? I Have you seen the picture of him? No. All right. He has, like a Asian, he has like an Asian mohawk. Um, You're an Asian mohawk. What the hell is an Asian mohawk? I don't know. It's like a type of haircut. I don't know. <laughs> Chris couldn't say that. And he's like, not... he's classified as Asian. That's not... Okay, it's a that's... pseudo-mohawk. Whatever. That's... No, Chris. I'm salting I'm... your earth now. <laughs> Who says that? <laughs> your earth has been salted. Yeah. I am salt... Here's a faux hawk. That's what we call it, friends. A faux hawk. A faux hawk. Stan had one. I have one. Well, it's down right now. But it's down. You're down. 
No, see, there's an actual picture of him. You see it? Yeah. That's weird. So when he turns into the Hulk, does he have to style his hair? This is what I'm thinking. Like, it doesn't make any sense that he would have a full Hulk. Giving him a full Hulk, calling him the totally awesome Hulk, means like, like, oh, guys, I'm so cool. Like, look, he's missing sunglasses. All right, and a skateboard. And like a Hawaiian shirt. And a skateboard. And, a skateboard. and he looks like he got like this little wristwatch thing going on. I don't know what the fuck. He's got on. one wristband on. He, he's fucking totally awesome. He's not even just awesome. He's not the awesome Hulk. He's the he's totally, totally. He totally. He totally awesome. I'm surprised they didn't go with the totally incredible Hulk. The totally amazing Spider-Man. And you'd be like, I'm I'm not entirely I'm I don't feel very convinced that you are amazing Spider-Man cuz you but said totally, totally amazing Spider-Man. It would have him with his mask, but have a hole cut in the top so you can see his full hawk coming through. Yeah, Peter Parker has a full hawk. No, it's, it's like this. It's like, it's like, oh, did you hear about the new Hulk? It's like, yeah, he's um, he's totally awesome. He's totally awesome. Totally awesome. Like no one even uses that word anymore. It's like, why would you just call him awesome? Because he's, he's totally told. You know, he's got hair. Totally. Dude. It sounds like it's like, it's like a late '80s, early '90s kind of throwback of, of the vernacular. It just doesn't work. But Stan, do you know anything about Amadeus Cho? Like, I have no idea who he is, or or what's his background, or his relation. Guys, it's Wolverine. He's totally savage. <laughs> I'm totally savage. I'm surprised they didn't name it like the totally fleek Hulk. Oh no. The Flea Hulk. Please, guys. guys. Now that you said it's fantastic, the four guys over there. That's gonna be a thing. They're 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 saving it for like Batman. The totally Batman. The Fleek Knight. (laughs) The Fleek Knight. Yo, yo, did you see Batman's cape? That shit on Fleek. Stephen Strange. He's totally a doctor. When's the last time he performed surgery? It doesn't matter. He's totally a doctor. Doctor Strange. Totally Doctor Strange. I don't believe you for some reason. Because you're using totally. If some, uh, if I went to a doctor and, like, I got blood tests done and I was like, how was my blood test? It was totally good. It's totally I don't fine. fucking believe you, bro. You're totally totally clear fine. For, for your health. Don't worry about it. You're totally fine. Go home. Please. Soon. Soon. <laughs> You really go on vacation for six to eight months. It's fine. Totally fine. <laughs> I, got, I feel like if I got into an argument with a customer and and my boss told me to go home, it'd be totally fine. I'd be like, I don't believe you. This said about totally. It doesn't make sense. Andy, you need to go home. Am I fine? Totally. <laughs> totally? Totally. totally. Stephen Strange, though? Totally a doctor. Totally a doctor. Victor Von Doom? Totally a doctor. What is his doctorate in? He's just totally a doctor, okay? Don't even question it. Maybe he's a doctor in totally. He's totally awesome. Just look at him. He's got a full hawk. He's got MMA pants. He's got one wristband. He's green. Totally. Totally green. Are you sure? Because I haven't seen underneath his pants. Believe me, totally green. 
the only person that would say underneath his pants. Trust no. me, he's totally green. I mean, you just call it, you're saying it that way. I kind of want to see underneath his pants now to make sure. <laughs> is it the Stan, same color you... green as the rest of his body, or is it like slightly paler green? Stan, totally are, green. are you totally a doctor now? You gotta, you gotta check up on Hulk? Totally! I don't need any credentials. Just give me a scalpel, Chris. I'll get rid of that weird mole in your neck. It's fine. I'm totally a doctor. Stop worrying so much. It's like, Andy, should we really be bringing guns into the bank? He's like, I'm totally a cop. Don't worry about it. Totally a cop. Imagine, okay, now that you put it in that way, what if someone was, like, robbing a bank and used the word totally? Just give me all, like, totally all the money in the bank. This is totally a robbery. I'm totally gonna let you live. <laughs> Am I safe? Totally. Unless the cops show up and I need hostages. But for now, totally safe. Totally safe hostages. I don't think those words... Mm, I don't believe those words in that order. <laughs> in that order, totally safe hostages. Totally safe. Don't worry about it. Are you hostages? Should we jump off? Should we jump off this building with these bungee cords? They look kind of old. It's totally safe. These are totally fine. Don't worry about it. We've gone on too long with this. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Totally too long. Chris totally just missed that cue. I know. Yeah. I ruined everything. Totally. Totally. <laughs> totally. Totally. Totally I'm awesome. sick of that word now. Totally. Totally sick of it. <laughs> Any other news, Stan? <laughs> 15 minutes later, after totally. totally. We can do a whole hour of totally. It's fine. Is it totally Let's fine? Put it on totally fine. It just seems like they're trying too hard with him, is is the point. Trying so to make him what's going to happen kid? with the old Hulk? Or is Bruce Banner just... He is totally fine. Don't worry about <laughs> Bruce Banner. <laughs> we didn't lock him away anywhere. We didn't kill him. He's fine. Totally. Is he, he a doctor, too? Totally. Totally fine. Dr. Bruce Banner is totally fine. He's also totally a doctor. Is he a doctor? I don't know. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Banner. Don't worry about it. It's totally not a big deal. Chris is like, shut up. <laughs> We're just going to get so much hate mail. <laughs> totally. Totally. All right, it's, All right. It, uh, it seems forced. That's my problem with it. It seems forced. Like, they're trying too hard. They can just call him Awesome Hulk. It's fine. In my opinion, I think it's just a really bad name. It just seems like they're, they, like, focus group this version of the Hulk. It's like, kids today, like, MMA, give them MMA pants. They like the full Hulks, give them a full Hulk. Put totally in there. Everyone will buy it. That's it. I might buy issue one. I'm super cool with him being Korean-American. I think that's awesome. I think, I think any diversity is good in, in comics. I just don't like the name. And I'm not sure he needs to be... I don't know why he needs to be the Hulk. I mean, I don't really have an issue with anything but the name. Just totally being there. Like, just take totally out, and then it's fine. The awesome Hulk. The awesome Hulk. I just don't... I don't know why he needs to be the Hulk. That's my... That's my... Maybe something happens to Bruce Banner. I just... I've been... I've been buying all these changes in the, in the main heroes. Like, I, I... I get Sam Wilson being Captain America. I get Miles being Spider-Man. I get Jane Foster being Thor. For some reason, changing the Hulk just seems kind of like... Off. You know, you know, yeah, you know what it is, is that it's it's much harder to become the Hulk 
than it is to become anything else. I mean, Captain America, you just need a shield. Thor, you need to be worthy, right? Miles, um, to be P- Spider-Man, you need to have shitty luck, really bad luck, and spider powers. And you can get that anywhere. To be the Hulk, you gotta fucking get radiation poisoning and blow up. And who would want to do that? The whole point of Bruce's Bruce Banner's character is that he doesn't want to be the fucking Hulk. Right? This version of the Hulk, it seems that he, he wants to totally be the Hulk. He totally wants to be the Hulk. That's it. That's that's why I don't understand. You you're not supposed to want to be the Hulk. The Hulk is supposed to be a thing that you you're reluctant. You you are reluctantly the Hulk. I mean, even like uh, She Hulk, Red Hulk, and Gray Hulk, like they all have their different origins. That's understandable. Is this version of the Hulk like is Bruce Banner still the Hulk and this guy's just another Hulk? No, I think he's deep powered now. I think that's that's the thing that happened. Like Bruce Banner is no longer. He's no longer the Hulk. He's it's the same way that um, Steve Rogers is not Captain so, America. So does that mean that like as soon as Bruce Banner loses his powers, all right, listen, Bruce, we need to break this to you. you you're getting kicked out. You, you're fucking done with the Avengers. Bye. New guy, come in. Basically, that's fucked up. I don't know what they're doing with this new Hulk. It just seems that the way he looks, you know, you don't. I've never seen the Hulk decide he wants a full Hulk, right? He never was just like, all right. I gotta leave the house today, so I need to I need to spike up my hair. The Hulk's supposed to be like a rampaging monster, and and the character who is the Hulk is supposed to be, you it's know, kind of like Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde. Unless it's it's more like She Hulk, because She Hulk can do it at will and she doesn't care. She's fine being She Hulk. But then there's, but the thing is with the Hulk, the Hulk has that split personality. So like She Hulk doesn't have that split personality. She she maintains. The same thing. So here's the thing: you you change Captain America from being Steve Steve Rogers to being Sam Wilson, and it's largely the same. It's like I'm standing up for what I believe in, you know, the whole Captain America thing, right? It's protecting protecting the weak, you know, whatever. P, uh, Spider-Man being Miles, great power, great responsibility. Same thing, right? Jane Foster being Thor, worthy, right? Then you get Hulk, and Hulk is supposed to be tortured scientist. Who has Jekyll and Hyde thing, right? And then you go to the different version of Hulk, the totally awesome Hulk, and and as far as I see, that's not there. It's just like totally. So it's completely. To the so, Hulk. so it feels like you should. It should be something else, you know? Because when you change, you change the character, but it's still kind of the same. The same concept. Same concept is moving on. This is like it's so radically different from standard Hulk that it might as well be a different hero. Yeah, so I, I looked up a quick article about this. So the people, uh, so the, the team for Totally Awesome Hulk is Greg Pak and Frank Cho, and which are both awesome. Like Frank Cho is a good artist. Greg Pak is mm-hmm. a good writer. Exactly, and um, Pak he created Amadeus Cho in two thousand six, and he was a sidekick to Hulk and Hercules. So there's some sort of connected tissue between Cho and Bruce Banner. They were saying Cho seemed the perfect fit for this new book because, again, making fun of the whole totally awesome vernacular, they wanted to go with a younger, cooler version of the character. And Amadeus Cho seemed to make sense because he's, he's similar to Banner in that he's like a super smart scientist, but he has a lot of charisma. The fact that Cho is so different from Banner and he's pretty much a teenage kid, that's some of the other. Oh, uh, so Cho's not even they, an adult? No, he's like a he's like a super genius. 
uh, I guess like late teen, teenage, early twenties kind of character. He's like he's like a cocky, like smart kid, basically, who wants to be the Hulk. He's like sixteen year old Peter Parker. The Hulk is dangerous. It's like it's like this kid getting behind like like a really fast car and be like, oh, I'm so smart, like, uh, I'm cool. It's like that's a fucking dangerous vehicle you're getting behind. You know, it's like Spider and Chim Chim trying to jump into the to the back of the Ghost Rider car. Yeah, you don't know what so, you're messing with. <laughs> I'm looking at two screenshots or covers, and I just, I just, I'm not feeling it. There's this one cover where um, Cho has his arms raised out. He's like, "Come at me, bro!" And then, and then his Hulk form is in the back, and he has his, he has the full Hulk, and he has this really weird like smirk on his face. And usually, when I think of Hulk and Hulk covers, is just Hulk just smashing and throwing cars and yelling incoherently and with a lot of rage. And this Hulk just seems like really smug and full of himself, and I just, I just don't feel it. It's like, it's like he, you should call him Superior Hulk. Basically, because that, that's what um, Doc Ock was like. He's like, I'm cocky. I can do Spider-Man better. I mean, there's also a superior Iron Man. Yeah, so that, why not? That's when Iron Man's like a dick, and he's like, I, you know, like I can do it better than I did it before when I was like had a conscience. Now I'm a dick. Now I'm a dick. And now this guy, he, he kind of seems like, oh, I'm cooler, <laughs> guys. <laughs> totally awesome. Gonna be the Hulk now. I hope some I hope some serious shit happens to this version of the Hulk where he's like, holy fuck, I need to get a little more serious. Because when you're the Hulk, you have all this strength, and Hulk can totally murder everybody if he's not careful, right? So you can't just, like, give the fucking Hulk powers to anybody. I mean, clearly you can. Clearly you can. <laughs> and I guess we should stop here. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Rick, I, I really like... Yes, totally. I like Greg Pak's writing, especially on Superman. He, he does a really good job with Superman. So I, I'm going to wait and see, but... I'll not, pick up issue one, maybe issue two. Not super impressed so far, but yeah. Depends on the rating. I guess we'll see on that. For me, it's like I like the diversity. They're going with the Asian American character, but I just don't like the tone that they're going with this character. I mean. Because the tone I, seems I, I'll disingenuous. I'll pick up number one. We'll see what happens. I'm sorry, Stan? I said the tone seems disingenuous. Yeah. It seems more like a marketing thing than like they actually want um, an Asian American superhero. To be a big deal, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's marketing. It seems. It feels like. It feels like marketing. But I guess if you want to be really cynical, you could say all the changes has been cynical, just to get more sales. But. I guess, but this seems less. Uh, yeah, like less genuine. You guys want to move on to comics? Comics. comics. Um, you want to start, Chris, or should I? Yeah. So, um, I read three comics this week. I'll only talk about one, but. The two that I, I suggest you read in general, Thor's number three and John Flood number two. And I, I don't believe I talked about John Flood, but it's written by Justin Jordan, who's one of my favorite comic book writers. He's done the Luther Strode comic books for it's the image titles. So the first arc is the Strange Tales of Luther Strode. The second arc is the Legend of Luther Strode. And the final one is that it's that's going to be wrapping up the entire run is the legacy of Luther Strode. I highly recommend it and because Jordan's writing's really strong and it's him teaming up with Trad Moore and as you all know Trad Moore is my favorite comic book artist. So, for John Flood, it's he's basically a 
detective. He got put into this secret government experimental military science project where he's basically completely unable to fall asleep. So because of that, he sees the world in different ways and he's able to make connections that no one can ever make. Sort of like a Sherlock Holmesian type of deal. His brain is like, is like seriously, it's like him on LSD all the time. Like he, he sees the world in like hues of oranges and reds. Like how he talks is very tangential, but he he's like a super smart and capable private detective and he solves a lot of crazy crimes. Not so much supernatural or occult or horror like, but just like really weird stuff. Like for example, the, the main case that he's investigating here is a serial killer with an MO that no one else has put together except for him. So far this is the second issue that came out. I really enjoy it, so you should check, pick it up. But the title I will talk about this week is We Stand On Guard, number three. And I know I talked about number one. I don't believe I talked about number two. But uh, just to recap, We Stand On Guard is basically Red Dawn, except the, the, the rebels are Canadians, and America is trying to invade all, all of Canada. So in the last issue... One of the captains of the Canadian resistance got captured, uh, and she's being interrogated. It also left off with our protagonists going out to try and rescue them. One of the survivors, uh, he escaped uh, at, at the expense of the captain. And for most of the issue, it goes into a really interesting, I guess, portrayal of or critique of American interrogation techniques uh, especially in the times of combat so it's quite politically and socially re relevant it puts into question whether or like what's the value of torture and whether or not it's like a viable means of informational ex extraction with this being the future they introduced the idea of uh, virtual reality and augmented reality te uh, technology as a form of torture so they, they take this captain and She's they have like wires screwed into her head over and over. They make her believe and feel that she's being drowned and doused in gasoline and set on fire, and it's pretty gruesome. Because of the of the absence of the captain, there's power struggles and conflict going within the Canadian resistance movement, and they're just they're trying to decide what to do. And the American government, uh, they break her because. They stop using VR techniques of her of simulating her on fire, and instead they use fabricated images of her father, and it just pushes over the edge. And now, at the end of the issue, uh, the Americans know where the rebel base is, and they're gonna take them out. So all in all, this is a it was a pretty kind of a disturbing issue because I mean the the, fi the the burning is one thing, but how they finally break her is they take her father, they basically projected this image of her father wanting to rape her daughter slash the captain, and that was like, oh, what the fuck? What, what's going on? That's, that's really messed up. And you can, I guess you can empathize with her why she caved so quickly after that. And for people who are reading, her about to read this, you know, like a, like a trigger warning, that, that part really threw me off. I wasn't expecting that. And that was just probably one of the most disturbing things I've read so far in this comic. I, like, I mean, the comic's kind of bloody and gr gritty in general, but that was probably like, the, the worst thing I've seen so far. 
but it's just to characterize. It's just to accentuate like how brutal and ruthless the Americans are in this issue. So this was a pretty dark issue. So I'm not. I'm not sure where it's gonna take it so far because um, at the uh, in the end, there's like a giant splash page where an entire armada of floating American battle fortresses are gonna head over to the base. So I think it's gonna be. It's gonna lead up to a really action-packed battle in the next issue. Uh, but yeah. So I th that was my issue. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I just it was uh, that one particular scene was a. Uh, a bit intense, so just a warning before you read that. Um, my comic for the week is We Are Robin, issue three, and um, I believe I spoke a little bit about one and two like, in the past, so pretty much uh, for people who haven't heard of it or whatever, uh, it's pretty much a group of teenage vigilantes who believe they're following the word of Batman, which at the moment Batman's believed to be like dead well they just revealed that he's not dead so but and isn't he he's Jim Gordon though no well, like, the, uh, well the real Bruce Wayne Batman he's he's working at a children's hospital or a children's shelter and he doesn't have any memory of being Batman how I explain doesn't. or I, I I covered this in Batman 43 I think in, like two episodes ago where um, Alfred confirmed that he was dead, but then all of a sudden... Oh, yeah, but like, then it, something, like, brought him back to life or whatever, it, right? Yeah, and he doesn't have any memory, and he doesn't want to be Batman anymore. But Bruce Wayne yeah. is alive. But, so they think that they're following the word of, like, Bruce Wayne Batman, not Jim Gordon Batman. And, um, it's funny because they, they don't know, like, that there's a difference of the Batman. They think that it's just one Batman. So they um, they're trying to deactivate a bomb, and Batman tells them how to deactivate the bomb. So they do it, and then they find out that there's a second bomb in the subway that they that they just deactivated the bomb in. And one of the kids, uh, Batman, tells him like, "Get on the train. This bomb is different. Like, get on the next train and leave." So this one kid was like, "Well, Batman was right about the first bomb. So the second bomb has to be built the same way." And he stays behind while all the other Robins, like, leave. And he cuts the same wire that he cut before, and the bomb blows up, and the kid dies. And, um... So during that scene, like, there's a riot outbreak, and two Robins get sent to go, like, handle the riot. And while those two Robins are, like, beating up the people who are causing the riot... Jim Gordon Batman comes in and pretty much tells them that if they don't go home that he's gonna arrest them and charge them with disturbing the peace. So, like, on one side, the Robins are like, wait, but you're Batman, you're giving us these orders. So, it feels like the Robins are, like, kind of falling off a little bit because now there's, like, the person that they think they're communicating with is Batman... And now there's this other Batman, so they don't know which one, like, I guess which one to trust. But at the end of the issue, it reveals that Alfred's the one who's, like, controlling these group of Robins. Mm. Oh, snap. Yeah. That's pretty so awesome. So that was, like, a big reveal that I was like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen next issue. So Alfred's Batman. Well, Alfred's, like, the quote-unquote Batman that's 
controlling these. Batman's like groups Oracle, of, uh, teenage or kid. Alfred's like Oracle right now. He's just pr- providing tactical support to all the Robins. Yeah. It's pretty but cool. like these Robins, like, um, I don't know. It's so weird. It feels like he's picking the Robins with like dark pasts, because the Robin that, uh, the main the main character of this series, he's like this orphan, uh, I guess like. Like, he's an orphan, so he keeps jumping to foster home to foster home. But he's also a bad kid. So he has, like, this bad reputation. And, um... He gets, like, recruited into the Robins. Pretty much out of nowhere. He gets arrested, and then you find out that the person that arrested him was this Robin. I mean, it was this, uh, Batman. So, I don't know. I don't know where the story is gonna... Like, where the story is going, but... Well, it's this keeping is not the me first time in. that, uh, like, a troublemaker is taking up the mantle of, like, a Robin or a Bat. Like, well, I feel like it. every every single Robin minus Dick Grayson has been, like, a troubled teen. Yeah. And it kind of fits the Robin MO, I guess. But, yeah, I recommend it. I think it's a great book. So far. Cool. Who's your favorite Robin in this, uh, among the vigilante teenage Robins in this book? Or this ongoing? Um... It's hard because they all have like these code names and I haven't memorized all of them yet, but the main character Robin is probably my favorite. Mm. He's like the most... That's the, the African-American one, right? Yeah. Okay. He has like the street smarts and like he seems pretty like intelligent too. So it's it's a really nice mix and he's very well-rounded when it comes to fighting. So, so you guys want to move on to video games? Yeah. Chris. Yeah. Mad Max. So, yeah. So Thoughts. Mad Max. How I'm far really are you enjoying it? How far are you into it? You know, I'm probably like a quarter of the way through it. You know, because I'm I'm getting that into that RPG mindset. Like I get sidetracked from the story to do all like the mini submissions. My like my kleptomaniac and OCD side is is popping out because I need to go th- to every single area and collect every piece of scrap every piece of like treasure or um or historical relics or to deface every single one of Immortan Joe's sigils um so <laughs> so I'm not that far into the story yet um but the basic premise well to preface the story like again the continuity of the story is weird it's, ha- it's having that same amb- ambiguity as the Fury Road movie if I had to put my spin on how the continuity works, this pl- I feel like this takes place after Fury Road because how how it sets up um, the main antagonist of the story is Scabrous Scrotus, and he's his warlord that rules over Gastown, and he's also the third son of Immortan Joe. So what I'm thinking is that after the people, uh, the fat guy from Fury Road, he was the people eater, who was in charge of Gastown under Immortan Joe. After he and the bullet farmer and Joe, they all died. There was a power vacuum. Scrotus, um, <laughs> after his, after his father died and the people who died, he then t- took over Gastown and established a new reign over the wasteland. So is he pretty much like Immortan Joe's successor? 
kind more of? or less. Well, I mean, he, he's he doesn't he only has control over Gastown. He hasn't taken over. Oh, okay. Or it hasn't. Yeah, he hasn't like gone gone after the Citadel. Actually, I don't I don't even think the Citadel or the Bullet Farm is in this game. Well, yeah, because didn't Furiosa take over the Citadel? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So. So for for all intents and purposes, like the main like one of the main central hubs or locations is Gastown. I mean, that's a very central location. So. As always, the beginning of the game starts with Max, you know, driving throughout the wasteland, and he gets shafted by war boys, and he gets beaten up. His rides get stolen. He he manages to injure Scabbers really badly, like he because Scabbers he has like a giant chainsaw staff, and he Max like fights him off, but he's left for dead. So then the main crux of the story comes into play when he Max, he gets up, and he's still alive. He's, he's such a survivor and a fighter. And he, he runs into Chum Bucket. And Chum Bucket, he's this super deformed and highly zealotrous mechanic. He has his own unique uh, religion based off... Of, he, he also worships cars... And engines and everything that's you know shining chrome, similar to the War Boys, but it's also it's a, a religion of its own. Um, and he believes Max, he's a a warrior saint. He's like a prophet sent down from God to help him complete the magnum opus, which is which is your new vehicle. So I feel like the a lot of the game was a little bit long because it's it's going through that tutorial phase. It's it's giving you like these submissions to teach you how to fight, how to drive, and to require your vehicles. And I felt like there was a lot of cutscenes. There was like more cutscenes than actual gameplay in the beginning. But I'm at the phase now where it's completely open world. Like now I have too much stuff to do. It's insane. Like I can I can just go around and just fight buzzards and enemy vehicles to my heart's content. I can go around and scavenge everywhere. I can do specific side missions um, for my stronghold because um, I have this new stronghold now, and s- sort of in the, I guess in the vein of like like Minecraft or or Fallout Four, how you can build rebuild your own base, um, or even like Metal Gear with uh, like how how you can build up your own base as well. That, that's the same mechanic in Mad Max. So I can go around and do missions and require and uh, scavenge for specific parts to do specific upgrades to my base. So there is a lot of stuff to do. Um, I'm going to be playing it for you know weeks um, just to get 100% completion of everything and see what happens. The combat system, it's pretty fun. Um, it's a little bit slower paced than I thought because like in comparison to Arkham Knight. It seemed a lot more kinetic and fluid, but you can see clear similarities between the Arkham fighting system and Mad Max. It's like it's very visceral um, and really brutal. Like you, you, uh, you can do grapples, you can steal other people's weapons. Uh, there's like some cool combos. One of them is called like the Shiv Attack, where if you do enough uh, punch combos, you can take out your knife and like stab them in the neck. For like a, for like a finishing blow, um, there's other other moves where 
call it the chain fist, where you just wrap your hand in chains and just like beat them to a pulp. Driving combat is probably my favorite thing right now. It's just so much fun. I, I can just do it all the time. Uh, I, again, I don't have as many upgrades as I want yet, but I just love like boosting nitro and like ramming the ramming the people and using the harpoon to like pull out drivers. And um, I haven't gotten th- these upgrades yet, but there's also stuff like spikes and sideburners, so you can like flamethrower people who are too close to next to you. And eventually, when I have enough upgrades for like the harpoon gun, I can. Um, rip off tires from enemy cars, and also have my shotgun, so I could sh- uh, aim at their gas tanks and explode them. So, yeah. So I will report back next week on more missions and more of the story. But I'm really enjoying it. It's, it's definitely Mad Max, but it's not Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, uh, it's a different universe, and you know, there's no Furiosa in this game, which makes me very sad. So I'm hoping for DLC release some patches so you can get like Furiosa as a playable character or maybe you can use vehicles like Immortan Joe's Chariot or the Bullet Farmers a vehicle where it's like the Challenger with like the tank treads I would love that as a vehicle and the Doof Warrior because I want flamethrower guitars in this game I heard um somebody told me that Mad Max was like GTA but in like a desert is that true? Yeah, like, the driving controls seem pretty similar to, um, GTA, except for, like, the, the, uh, the extra vehicle combat stuff, but after, after a certain point in the game, which is, which is right where I stopped, you know, there's so many side missions to do, there's so much stuff to do, and, you know, you can, you don't, technically, you don't really have to wait, uh, or have to do the main story, like, there's, like, the map is pretty huge. Um, if I remember correctly, I think there's at least, like, seven or eight sub-areas in, in, within the entire wasteland, and I'm just really overwhelmed at, like, all these icons of what I can do in the wasteland, and it's just insane, so I'm gonna, yeah, so in, in that respect, it's completely open world, I could just run around and just target and destroy cars for, like, hours on end, and there's still, you know, I still want to get bored of it. So yeah, the, the GTA uh, comparison is pretty apt. Cool, good stuff. Yeah. So you're gonna keep playing and give us the final review soon? Yeah. So uh, hopefully I'm gonna finish up the story soon, and then uh, I'll report back. I don't think we're finishing Metal Gear anytime soon. <laughs> that fucking game, bro. So I, I um, haven't started it yet, but I just hear universally like the greatest game ever. Dude, the I've been playing. Year. I've probably played like. Eight hours, maybe more. That's my rough guesstimation. Uh, and I'm only like 2% through the game. Shit is crazy. Yeah, I'm about 15 hours at this point. 6% done with the game. Uh, maybe I'm a little more than just 2%. Then. <laughs> Are you guys doing story or just, just trolling around doing random stuff? Or? Uh, for me, I'm trying to clear all the side quests that I have before I move on to the next story mission. Yeah, I'm I'm doing a lot of side ops at the moment, just trying to build up my base, um, get some good soldiers from Mother Base and materials and diamonds and like plants. Plants, lots of plants, lots of foraging for plant life and yeah. So what do you think of the story so far? I think the story is really interesting. They do uh, each chapter is like its own episode. It has, like, an opening sequence. Then, like, you play the whole middle. 
And then it has an ending sequence. I like it. It's very nice, fluent. I like it, but at the same time, I feel like it spoils some of what to expect. And because it, it lists everyone who's going to show up in the mission. So when it suddenly lists a major villain or a major character, you're like, ah, oh, so obviously he's going to fucking show up later in this mission. So I, I was looking for an option to turn that off, but there is none. So that that's something I'm actively trying to ignore the opening credits of the well, I've missions. been like ignoring them. I don't know why. It's just like a thing that. Yeah, I mean, like I have to because I don't want to get spoiled. What do you think about the opening, like the beginning mission? And... Oh my god, that shit was crazy. It's like it's one of the. I wish you'd play at the beginning, Chris, because it's it's seriously. I think it's the, the beginning is maybe it's maybe like an hour. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, it's. Then. That's what I heard. I heard, like, this hospital scene is, like, the greatest opening in gaming ever. It is insane. Like, within the first, maybe 15 minutes of the game, three people catch on fire and two of them fall out the window. It's fucking... It is, oh. it is definitely the best opening that I've ever experienced in a game, period. What was your favorite part of the opening? I like you waking up out of the coma... And you hear a man who sold the world, like, playing in the background as you're, like, com- becoming, like, conscious and how you're just looking around and you don't know what's going on. I actually read an article on that and, uh, they originally, well, um, what's his name? Oh my god, why can't I think of it? God, I totally, like, who? spaced out. The dude who writes Metal Gear. Hideo Kojima. Yeah. Kojima. <laughs> Kojima wanted, um... The song Diamond Dogs to play in the very intro scene, but oh, his whole David entire team like said no. <laughs> yeah, they said no because it'd be too cheesy. I think the the song that they went with was very fitting. If you like listen to it back, if you look at the lyrics and you look at the meaning behind the song, it makes me wonder where the story is going right now. And I don't want to give too much away because we haven't finished it yet, and this is not like a spoiler cast for Metal Gear. But it, it made me question some things that, that they sort of show you, even from the beginning. And I'm just like, I don't understand what's going on, because there's that whole other guy in the bed next to you, yeah. and I'm like, I'm like wondering who that is, and he, I don't know if anyone else like recognizes who that is, or anything like that. And so there's this, this is a whole... See, I got the same thing when I started the game. I, I felt kind of lost, but... Uh... Now I'm just starting to think that that's just the general idea of it. And one of my favorite scenes is, like, while you're trying to leave the hospital, you have to play dead next to the bodies. Yeah. And it, like, the dude accidentally, like, leans on a on an IV pack, but it makes it look like he peed his pants. Yeah. And I just started, I couldn't stop laughing. It was, like, the best scene ever. <sighs> that whole opening is the best scene ever. It was really intense. Cut me on my toes. How do you feel about the whole base building and capturing soldiers and the open world? And you played previous Metal Gears, right? In yeah. the series? So like how do you how do you feel about this one compared to the other one? Feels very different. It does, right? Like completely different. But I'm I'm enjoying this game like so much. Yeah. There's so much to do. Like if I feel like randomly hunting animals, I can. If I feel like like shooting a guy in the legs and then sending him back to my base to work for me, I definitely can do that. I feel this game is a little more actiony than stealthy, but that might be because like I fuck up and not scan a guy or two, <laughs> and they wind up catching me, and I'm like, well, kill them all now. 
I I like how you you really do get a, any you get the freedom to approach a situation any way you want, even so much as like what time of day do I want to infiltrate this base? What direction do I want to go in? There was um a site up that I was playing recently where you have to um, rescue a prisoner, and it's like this big base that's like completely covered in soldiers in every direction. My just, I was like, maybe I should wait until because I I rolled up to the to the um to the base during the day, so I was like, let me hide in a ditch and like smoke a phantom cigar until it becomes a night. And so I did that, and it started getting nighttime, and then and I was like sneaking towards the base, and I saw a um a power generator that powers the entire base. So it's like crouching down, and I have I have my intel operatives, so they were they actually told me that a sandstorm was coming close. I was like. Yes, the sandstorm. So I threw a grenade over at the power station, blew it up. It turned off all the lights in the whole the whole base. There's, it's like pitch black. Nobody knows what's going on. Everyone's wondering what the explosion is. So you have a bunch of soldiers running out of the base. And as soon as that was happening, a sandstorm. The sandstorm starts blowing in. So there's like no visibility. There's no lights on on the base. So I, I like I'm about to rush through the front door, and I'm like, wait. Who the fuck runs into a front door in an enemy base? Who goes through the front door, right? I know there's a different entrance to this base in the front door, right? So I turn the corner, and I'm, like, hugging the walls of the base. And I see that there's, that there's a ladder that goes up. And I'm like, no, that's not the right one. I go a little bit further, and there's actually a vent underneath the base that I, I didn't... I wouldn't have noticed if I, if I hadn't have said, like, wait a minute... Maybe this is a different entrance. Because it's kind of hidden, you know? It's, like, a little bit underneath the ground. So it's like, oh, shit. Go in there. Everyone's freaking out in the base because it's like, there's this explosion. There's a sandstorm. And while everyone is distracted, I'm, like, sneaking around. I go through the base and I find the prisoner. And I grab him. And I and I bring him to the, to the open area. And I'm just waiting for the sandstorm to blow over. Because I know if I try to Fulton him out... It's it's not it's like forty percent success rate, and so I wanna, I don't wanna kill the guy, right? So I'm just we're just crouched in the corner of the base, and I'm seeing all the guards that I marked, all like standing near the front door, like like looking around, waiting for the sandstorm to blow away. As soon as it blew away, I put the balloon on the guy, I shoot him out of there, I go back in the vent, and all of a sudden everyone's like, "What the fuck? There's a balloon! What was that balloon?" And but by the time they realize it, I'm out of the base, and I'm on my horse, and I'm like riding away. <laughs> So I just love how they give you so many options, and there's there were so many different ways that mission alone, that side up, could have played out depending on my approach. If I didn't blow out the the um, the power generator, if I didn't, if a sandstorm wasn't about to like blow through the base. Yeah, because I feel like if the sandstorm didn't come through, like you would have, you would have been caught. I would have been caught. You would have been gun blazing. Fucking forget it. Yeah, that's why I'm glad I had I had the intel people to like report to me that they're that the, of the weather, which is really handy because they'll tell you if there's like. I mean, at first glance, when you hear that, you're just like, "Why the fuck do I want to know the weather?" But the sandstorm really makes a difference. Yeah, like <coughs> occasionally I roll into a I roll into a mission. And it's like cloudy, and I'm like, I don't give a fuck. What what use is to me? But occasionally they'll be like, "Sandstorm come in over here." Um, enemy presence nearby, so it does it does give you some good information about your surroundings. And I can only imagine that the more people I have on my intel team and the higher the level is, 
the better intel I'll get. Yeah. But that's just one of exa- example of like how how open and how fucking great this game is. Yeah, I remember I was trying to uh, be really stealthy about maybe the first or second mission, and I kept failing it because like there'd be a guy that I forget to mark or like I didn't see him. I continued to try to do the mission stealthy as I could, and I couldn't do it. And I got so frustrated. I was like, "Fuck this!" I walked into the fucking like middle of the battlefield and I just shot up everybody and like fucking murdered everybody I was like yeah that's how you do it and walked away and that was my mission I could have probably done it stealthy but it kept pissing me off and I was like fuck it and I just killed everyone the problem with the stealthy approach is that they give you too many good like lethal options there's like too many good weapon too many good weaponry uh, options out there in the game for you to use. I don't recommend anyone use the sniper. Well, the very first sniper. It sucks. You can't really zoom in that much. And it doesn't have the silencer. Yeah. I'm I'm trying to get um, high enough level that I can develop the trank sniper. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah, that's the trank sniper is going to be awesome. But um, I was worried that this game wasn't going to be... I was a little bit worried, despite all the good things that I was hearing, because... I heard it it sounded like it was going to be really similar to Peace Walker. And, you know, I didn't really enjoy Peace Walker. But this feels like it's what Peace Walker was supposed to be. Because um, it's not just going mission to mission in a row. And then having to go back and grind earlier missions to get more soldiers and develop. This is like, if if you don't have enough um, resources resources or weaponry developed that you need... You just go out in the open world and you run around and you find people and you wait as your items get developed if it takes a while to develop. And so it's more immersive. I don't have to go back and grind earlier missions. I can do it out in the open world and find the soldiers that I need, etc. Even Mother Base. In Mother Base and Peace Walker, it's more like a bunch of menus. You know, like lists of soldiers and what division they're in. Which is the same thing in this one, except you can actually visit Mother Base and you can run around and like see all your soldiers and see your little puppy dog and, and shit. And then fight your soldiers. And like pick them up and throw them off the base and get a game over. So or it's, hit them with your car or... Yeah, it's more immersive. You know, like I feel like Mother Base is a tangible place so I feel more invested in getting soldiers and building it up. And the world in general I feel more invested in because I can actually go in whatever order I want and whatever direction I want and kind of do the things that I want which I feel like wasn't available in Peace Walker. So the fact that I can do all this stuff in this game makes me happy. And it's really I'm not I'm not upset that it's different than the other Metal Gears cuz I understand that games need to evolve and change with the times. I didn't want the same exact experience that I've had in the more linear earlier Metal Gear. Well, I mean games. even even like Metal Gear Solid 4, that game was completely different than like any other Metal Gear at the time. It's true. So this game just had to take another step forward, and I feel it did it pretty well. Yeah, me too. There's just such, there's like a wealth of options. It's so much fun developing your base the way you want to, and like making your own army of soldiers, and the Easter eggs that you can find, and just there's just so much game there. And <clears throat> I know I'm only 15 hours in there, but I'm I think this might be my favorite Metal Gear. In the entire series. And I guess we'll have to see how the story plays out. Because my favorite 
is still the original Metal Gear Solid. Well, gameplay-wise, so far. Gameplay, it's the best Metal Gear. Story-wise and nostalgia-wise, it's Metal Gear Solid 1, right? Even though that's, you know, the, the, the least advanced of the, of the Metal Gear Solid games. But this is the most fun that I've had and the most time I've played. Because um, usually on an, you, can, you can beat a Metal Gear game in like 10 to 15 hours. You know, you can run through Metal Gear Solid 3, 2, 1, even 4, I think, in like 10 to 15 hours. 4 might be a little bit longer, but generally it takes you less than 20 hours to beat a game. This one, I put that much time in there, and I've barely even begun to scratch the surface. So, I'm happy. I'm happy that there's so much Metal Gear to play. Yeah, I feel like I finished Batman relatively quick. Like, that was, like, like you said, maybe 10 to 15 hour gameplay. Even side missions and everything, I think I've totally like put a total of maybe 30 hours in the game. Me too. And I already have the game 100%ed. And, yeah, but Metal Gear looks like I'm going to be there for a while. And the good thing is I'm not getting tired of being of putting so much time into it, you know? like I feel like I want to keep putting time into it. Yeah. And um, I heard... I, I was reading some reviews. I like watched some videos of some spoiler-free reviews. And... Um, they said that this game's story was really sparse compared to earlier Metal Gears, and I'm not entirely sure that that's true. What I think it is is I think it has the same amount of story as the previous Metal Gears. It, the difference is that the gameplay between the cutscenes and stuff is just, like, so much that the ratio seems to be... Well, yeah, because Metal Gear was the game where, like, you get Metal Gear 4, for instance, I believe it had, like, maybe five hours of gameplay, but everything else was, like... Cutscenes, cutscenes, coded calls, yeah, just hours and hours of. But like, like story. this game has so much to offer that like even the cutscenes seem like it's small. Yeah, because there's so much gameplay going on in between it that. Because even the opening sequence, the opening sequence, you don't start playing till maybe a half an hour into the game. And another thing that I like that they do is the um, the cassette player. Oh, yeah. Like, being able to listen to mission briefings and stuff and get the backstory while you're playing the game instead of, like, pausing the game to do a codec conversation, you know what I mean? And then there's also... I like that, um... Well, I kind of like it, I kind of don't, that there's, like, no pause function. Like, that everything happens in real time. There is a pause function, though. You know that, right? I didn't. If you press the lower left part of the touchscreen, you'll actually pause the game. Oh, I just kept hitting the PS button. Oh, and like yeah, you can actually you can pause the game if you press the lower right um, part of the touchpad, lower left. I'm sorry, lower left is pause, lower right is iDroid. Yeah, well, that's good to know now. Yeah, I kept pressing options it's, and it's like good, it brings like, the map to the the fact that you can't actually access any of the actual like you can't access the map or the missions or mother base and pause the game at the same time. You know yeah. what I mean? Pause functions, it'll pause the game, but you won't be able to look at your, your shit, basically. You have to do that live while the game is running. Yeah, but I have a, I've had so much fun with this game so far. I'm, I, I, all I think about is Metal Gear right now. I can't wait to go back and play it, and and you need to play it, Chris. <laughs> Alright, yeah, yeah, I'll boot it up. It'll be good. You probably um, still I, haven't even opened it. No, it's this week, since Tuesday, after when I picked it up. Like through like Friday, Saturday, it's just uh, it's still wrapped. I'm sorry, and it makes me really sad. So, but I will. I'm really excited because like that you guys are excited about it. 
we're we're both really early in the game. You know, we our our puppy dogs aren't even fully grown yet. Yo, that's the one thing that I keep doing. I keep wasting my time smoking phantom cigars like, well, maybe he'll be an adult after I smoke this one. No, it's not happening. I tried looking up like how long it takes for Didi to grow up, but nobody seems to know, so we he he'll grow up eventually. Did you know um in the beginning of the game it asks you your name and your birthday? If so like let's say your birthday's today. It gives you a, a special mission for your birthday. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. I put my actual birthday, so it's going to be a while before I get that mission. No, you well, fake it. Change it. <laughs> see, I put the day that the game came out, but I didn't think that the opening sequence before I got Mother Base was going to take more than an hour and a half. So I did that at like 10.30. By the time I was able to access Mother Base, it was already like 12 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So I was like, fuck, I just fucked it up. But it's cool. I'll just change my PlayStation date. Yeah. Be smart with it. We'll we'll keep playing and we'll report back. If but so far, th- good shit. Awesome. So if there's one thing that you guys are really excited about for me to play, uh, for me to experience in this game so far, what would it be? Like the hospital mission, or just like player freedom, or just weird, Def- quirky stuff. Definitely. You should definitely experience the opening, because I feel like that's... At least play that, and then go back to Mad Max. Okay. But that that opening is something that I feel like everyone should experience, because that's something else. I've never seen something so, like, immersive, or, like, just well done as this opening. And, um... Yeah, I, like, I want you to experience sneaking into a base, and then doing the same thing again, but at during the day. Basically, and just, like, doing a different approach. Because it's just... You would never think that you can make multiple approaches, but if you stop and you think that you can, like, discover so many different ways that you can tackle a mission. There have been missions where you'd had to, like, disable communication towers, but, like, getting to the center of the base, you'll find, like, a control panel that controls all of them. So if you, like, really, like, are thorough, you can find it and disable them all in one shot rather than going to each base, et cetera, et cetera. <clears throat> There's just... It, I like it because it, it... You can go at it fast and, like, hard. And then you can also be more thoughtful. And both ways are rewarding. Because you get the visceral, like, I'm kicking the shit out of everybody. But then you also get the, like... Oh wow! I really like figured my way out of this jam kind of thing. There's also the um, which I found really interesting. This game doesn't have a difficulty. It's true. Really? Like you? It, yeah. It wow. Yeah, it's just one set difficulty. So, uh, there is the chicken hat if you suck. Really? Yeah. If you go into options, you can put on the chicken hat, and you have to wear the chicken hat while you play, but it makes the game much easier. That's interesting. I didn't know of that. You can disable it and put it on and put it off whenever you want. But yeah, it'll make it'll make the guards it'll make it so that the guards almost can't notice you at all. That's so weird. <clears throat> and if you if you suck at the chicken hat, there's the chick hat, <laughs> which you can which you can use. Oh, Kajima, I love you. That's amazing. 
Could you just put some weird thought into this game? He's got all the bases covered. There's so there's so much attention to detail in the game. Like, Andy, I'm still pissed <laughs> off. Like that that Konami forced him to take out the the horse poop thing you were talking about. It's, like, in, there. it's, it's in there. It's in there. It's in there. Oh, it's in, oh, there. It's in there. Really? No yeah. way. Yeah. You got you got to become good friends with your horse before he'll he'll let you do it though. You know what? My horse probably thinks I'm a dick because I shot him in the head. I was like, how free can this game let you be? And then I was like, well, I know. I'll try to shoot my horse and see what happened. And he fucking died, and it cost me 10000 to revive oh, him. No. <laughs> I'm, I'm good friends with my D-horse. That's why he lets, he lets me make him shit everywhere. <laughs> on command. My D-horse doesn't like me that the much. Com- the voice command is do it. So, like, Snake will be like, do it. And he'll just, like, start shitting. The horse. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> Oh, man. But you gotta level up the bond between you and the horse. There's gotta be a How level... How have you been doing it? Well, you know... I'm uh, nice to my horse. I make sure he doesn't get in trouble. I'm, like, chilling with the horse. And so our bond is strong enough that he feels comfortable around me enough to, to shit on command. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. But yeah. There's, like I said, the attention to detail is, is really great. And you can see it in, like, little things, too. Like, Snake's helicopter... He's got all the pictures of, like, his friends and shit on, on the side, and that's nice. He's got a couple pictures with his horse, because they're, like, good buddies, and he's got a picture of his puppy. I, I, for one, changed everything Snake owns, so the helicopter, the base, everything is pink, because I think that is the, that is the funniest color for, like, for Snake to say his base is. What color is your base? My base is pink. It's like, wait, What? Like what kind of pink? Like like neon pink, hot pink, bubblegum pink. It's like a. It's like a bubblegum. Like yeah, like a bubblegum pink. That's that's fantastic. And I really like that when you go back to the D base, you uh to to mother base, you can uh you go back like bloody and fucked up from like all the carnage you've caused, and then you can have Snake just take a shower. Yeah, he'll just hop in the shower, and it says like mentally and physically refreshed. It'll just come out. And then he'll come out like. Fine. You know, there's an Easter egg if you never wash Snake. If really? you just get bloody and bloodier, you'll go back to base and like Ocelot will look at you like really disgusted and throw a bucket of water on you. That's awesome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now I have to do that. They just get so f- covered in gore that Ocelot's just like, ugh, just like, boom. It's great. Have you triggered okay. like the, the fight sequence between two, uh, two of your comrades, I guess? Not yet. Yeah, there's this one where, like, um, I don't know if it's story-based or something. I just went back and two people happen to be fighting. And Snake pops up. And, like, they both... Snake is just, like, sitting in the sidelines watching. And uh, the one guy pulls out a knife to, like, stab the other guy. And then Snake intervenes and, like, fucks that dude up. And then the other guy pulls out a knife. And Snake, like, stops him. Like, he grabs his arm mid-track. And he's like, we're family. We don't kill each other. And then Snake, like really dark, takes his hand and puts the knife against his chest and like stabs it in. And like pushes the guy away from him. So Snake's walking around with like this knife in his, <laughs> in his chest. And he's just like standing there. And the Ocelot comes and like to take the knife out. And Snake tells him, be careful. <laughs> like, Ocelot pulls it out really slowly and then uh, gives the knife to Snake. And Snake looks at the guy and he was like, Ocelot tells him that, that they're just going to be cleaning the Briggs for a while. And Snake's like, no, 
we need to send them on more missions. Their CQC is sloppy. And, like, cleans the guy's knife off on his pants and gives it back to him. Like, what's them do? Did, did you see I'm the... Like, yo, Snake is a fucking badass. Did you see the scene where, where the guards are having target practice and Ocelot's watching them? Yeah. Yeah, and he, like, looks at the gun and shit? Yeah. Such a, it's, a, it's such a great callback to Metal Gear Solid 3. I don't know if you remember. Um, did you play through 3? I've never played through 3. Okay, so 3 is, like, Ocelot's a kid. He's, like, really young. And he tries to take on Snake because they're on opposite sides in this in 3. And he he's just talking... You saw the scene in, in this game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's he's basically telling telling um, Ocelot that, like, he's his gun's not really, like, useful in the battlefield. And it's got engravings and it's got no tactical advantage and shit. And so it's it. The scene was cool because he sees um, Ocelot sees one of the guards with the with the handgun, and he's like firing it from the hip like Ocelot would, and he's basically just like looking at the gun, and it, the the bullet gets jammed, which is the same thing that happened to Ocelot in three, and he's like, oh, there's no room on this base for like Hollywood moves, and this graving has no tactical advantage or whatever, and, and Big Boss is just watching it like, huh, <laughs> like he's he's really grown up, this kid. It's just I just really love the callbacks and and all the details that are in there. You can tell that Kojima really Kojima and Kojima Productions really like put a lot of effort into making this game like as polished as it could be. Yeah, and then uh, I even had this one cutscene where I went back and like Ocelot was like, "Oh, I've been training Didi," and then he's like, "Didi, sit." And then Didi like runs to Snake, and he's like, "Well, I guess we still have some more stuff to work on." I just, I just love this game. I love the puppy. He's so adorable. But I want great. him to grow up. Yeah, I want to go on missions with my friend, the dog. I want the him to Didi. be epic and be like, yo, Didi, attack that dude. Yeah, I want to like roll. I want to roll into a base with me and the wolf, man. Me and Didi. I think it's also funny that Didi has like bear. the fucked Where's up Where's my bear, Stan? <laughs> Where's my bears? attack bear? His Russian attack bear? Yes. Oh, man. I think it's cool that Didi also has to wear an eye patch too. Yeah, because his his eyes. Yeah, like... I think that's really awesome. But yeah, this game is fucking amazing. If you haven't picked it up, I highly recommend picking it up. Fifteen hours in, and I'm already recommending it. It's great. I I guess we'll see how it turns out, but so far, so good. Yeah. Sweet. Well, I'm gonna play the hospital mission um, later tonight. Tomorrow, since so I have a I have a day off, and I'll report back to you. It yeah, you should be, actually... I'm really excited for this. Yeah. You should actually, like, t- let us know as you're playing it so we know your reactions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just just uh, set up, like, a... I don't know, like, YouTube camera, whatever. <laughs> should be like, what, what the fuck? A YouTube camera. So I guess that's it for the week, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I guess we should can call be, it yeah. a show. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you want to get in touch with us on the internet, you can tweet at us, at SuperNerdPals. We also have an email address, supernerdpals at gmail.com, and Facebook, facebook.com slash group slash supernerdpals. We have a great community of people posting all kinds of shit. All kinds of shit. Good shit. Good shit. I'm Stan. Find me on Twitter at Stan Doom. 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 I'm Andy. You can find me on Twitter at SweetJustice1. That's O-N-E. And I'm Chris, and you can find me on Twitter at... Kyo Ninja for Hire. That's K Y O Ninja for Hire. And thank you guys for listening. And we'll be back, we'll be back next week with more Mad Max and Phantom Pain talks and other stuff. Thanks for listening.
Oh, wait. Don't pause. Don't touch that dial. First, remember, guys, if you like what you heard, please like us on all the things. Rate us highly on iTunes and subscribe. We need we need those stars. We know those good ratings and stuff. And, Give it to us and tell your friends if you you came you got this far into the episode. So obviously you like something that we're saying, right? So tell your friends that you like the stuff that we that we're saying. And That's, send us comments. Send us listener questions. Uh, we want to hear from you guys. We like talking to you guys. So yeah, don't 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 send us anything with the word totally in it. Don't keep us waiting, huh? Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> All right, thanks, guys. Have a good night. Bye.